This is LiveWell Talk on a day in the life of Dining Services team member. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Today's episode is part of a series on the podcast where we sit down with various team members of the hospital. Uh, and today we're going to meet Hope Clark, Director of Dining Services at St. Luke's, to discuss the types of roles that make up the dining services, as well as what, what goes on in the dining service on any given day. Uh, during the pandemic, we learned that medicine is a team sport, and there's more than just doctors and nurses that work at hospitals. Uh, and uh, today we're going to find out some of the uh, the uh, trade secrets of the dining industry and services and how they make that happen. Hope, welcome. Thanks for having me. I've said this before. I said it to you right before we started the podcast. There's the two hardest jobs in the hospital are the house supervisor and Hope Clark is the second one. Uh, because as manager of di- director of dining services, you just, so many factors influence your day that I don't think people have any concept of that. Um, so, you know, just give us a just kind of take us through what's your normal day? Um, well, it's just a little bit of everything. It seems like um, we have dietitians in our department that's up on the units, um, you know, checking nutrition of the health of our patients, um, making sure they're, they're on the right diet plans, whether it's low sodium, carb control, you know, you name it, they monitor all of those intakes. Um, then we have our call center team who are you know, taking orders and making sure those patients are following the nutritional guidelines that the dietitians and the doctors have, you know, set for those patients. Um, and then that moves right into the tray line team. They, you know, get the tickets in the back. They prepare those trays. Um, we have tray passers that who are actually delivering the food to the units, making sure that we are delivering the right food to the right patient. Um, and then, you know, those trays come back down. Well, somebody has to clean them. So then we have a dish room crew. Um, We have the cooks who have to be knowledgeable on diets as well, whether it's the, you know, dysphagia diet or, you know, they're watching, you know, the sodium intakes or questioning some of the meals that the call center approved, you know, making sure that those trays are right for that patient. Um, You know, our supervisor team does a great job, you know, kind of keeping everybody in line, keeping the flow going. Then, you know, there's the cooks who are doing prep for, you know, maybe the next day or continued on for whether it's the tray line, the cafeteria, catering, um, you name it. They're kind of all, you know, just a big team putting it together. Um, The caterer does, you know, they stock doctor's lounges to make sure the doctors get fed when they're done with cases. Um, And then they even cater meetings on top of that. Um, The... uh, Let's see, we have our cafeteria team who, you know, is stocking the cafeteria and making sure we're ready to feed our employees and feed our visitors. Um, and then just making sure, you know, those visitors feel welcome. Maybe they're having a rough day because, you know, they heard some bad news for a loved one or, you know, they just want to come down and get away because they've been in a room all night or, you know. And then, um, you know, you come to our purchaser who has to make sure we have the food in stock. So he's walking around figuring out you know, what are we short on? What do we need to order more of? You know, it's kind of just a big rotation that we do every single day to make sure, you know, everything's in line. And then, you know, you have your supervisors who's completing the paperwork piece of things and, you know, the management team and the secretary. It's kind of just everybody, you know, compiling into one and making it happen every day. It, you know, it's that's fascinating um, and truly illustrates the, the, the team effort that you have and the diverse team that you have to manage to make things happen. Uh, I was probably in elementary school and we had a tour of St. Luke's uh, and 
I remember that this is when they still did the laundry here before the Iowa Health System, you know, so this is back in late 70s. Um, and they said that the hospital did more laundry in one day than uh, a mom would do in her lifetime, you know. And uh, so kind of along that line, how many meals do you get out on any given weekday? Um, we do. We average anywhere about 500 a day, um, give or take, you know, wow. just depending on the season. This time of year, we're so much busier that we are than maybe in the summertime. Um, but yeah, right now we're just running all day long. And, you know, I have team members who wear, you know, a watch to track their steps and they easily do 15,000 to 20,000 or 20,000 steps a day, you know, to make it happen and feed those patients and, you know, maybe get down to the ED and make sure those patients needs are being met along with those staff who don't have time to come down and get fed as well. So, wow. Yeah. And, and what, what, what is the window like, like? lunch when you how, how much time do you have to get those meals out so we um, promise the patient 45 minutes or less from the time they order to the time they receive their tray um, some days are more challenging the, uh, than others to make those happen um, for example if you have a dysphagia diet that you know is a parade meal those meals take a little bit longer to you know get prepared um than what a normal you know meal would and just for the listeners uh, that is a diet where the food's consistency is changed so it's easier to swallow mm-hmm. less chance of the patient uh, aspirating or choking on the food mm-hmm. yeah i gotta be honest it never looks very pleasing <laughs> when you see it but you know you know some of them smell better than what they are um some of them we don't have a choice where we buy you know a frozen product and you know we cook that off um but, you know, the, there are some items from our menu that, you know, we mince ourselves or we parade that ourselves to make it a little bit better. Um, I've test trade a couple of them. Um, they're, you know, they do taste well. I mean, it's just kind of the chewed up version of yeah, what you normally yeah. would get. So, yeah. Uh, you mentioned products, supply chain. I mean, the pandemic uh, and the great resignation and et cetera, et cetera. How's the supply chain in your department? Uh, It's still a battle. Um, Pandemic was worse than it is now, but, um, you know, we kind of just take what we can get some days. Um, There's product that have been out of stock for the last two years. Um, Just, you know, production teams trying to make it happen again because they're short staffed like, you know, everybody else, it seems like. So they're trying to get processes and, you know, their manufacturers back in place. Um, We struggle now with, you know, the quality of some of the products we get. Like, you know, this time of year, especially produce isn't as great as quality as it would be in the summertime. So, um, we struggle with making sure those products come in, you know, good and fresh and, you know, not, you know, spoiled or rotten. Or um, Same with canned products. You know, if something comes in that's, you know, the box is all banged up, dented, we can't serve, we can't open those cans. You know, that could be a huge food safety concern with, you know, maybe it got a little bit of metal in the product because it was beat up because we don't know what that can went through to end up coming to us like that. So... Um, it's just a constant. We so, monitor. And that just that's just thrown away then. Well, we monitor it. Um, we let our vendors know so we can at least get a credit back for it, okay. and then they report that to the manufacturer, saying, you know, we're getting a lot of damaged products in, you know. So that's something they kind of just keep an eye on. Yeah, it uh, it is fascinating how many steps are involved in just something that is just a person walking around you take for granted. 
mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like it, we, we expect, we expect fresh grapes in February when, you know, it's out of the growing season. Right. And, but we're so used to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I can remember, like, you can still see watermelon, like in the winter yep. and tomatoes. And I, I can remember being a kid where like, you just didn't have tomatoes in the winter. Right. right. You know, unless they were canned or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but we've been spoiled. Haven't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. What's the biggest challenge of your job? Um, staffing. Um, you know, we still struggle with keeping a full staff. Um, we have multiple call-ins every day that's, you know, out of our control, whether it's, you know, my kid's sick or, you know, that, that employee's sick or, you know, just having trouble getting to work or car issues or, you know, you name it. We've probably heard it all when it comes to staffing. Um, but yeah, it's every day. It's very rare. You know, we don't have a call-in during the day, but, you know, when we do, it's kind of a... You know, we're kind of waiting for the calm before the storm to see, you know, maybe, you know, somebody calls in in the evening. We might be full staff during the day, but then when our second shift comes in, maybe one of those kids have homework that they need to get done. So, you know, of course, that takes a priority over, you know, the job at that point because, of course, their education comes first. Right, right. Um, What was your degree that you got into this, this line of business? Well, um, I went to Kirkwood through the culinary program there. Kind of, I was one of those 18-year-olds, didn't really know what to do with my life. And, you know, my family likes to cook and learned a lot of it from my mom and my grandma. And so I was like, why not go to culinary school? So, you know, did the two-year program there. I ended up with, you know, the competing hospital um, as a cook there fresh out of college. And, you know, when I started there, I was like, I'll give it, you know, a few months. Um, Here I am 15 years later, still in healthcare food service. Um, I just enjoyed it so much. So... Yeah, I had no idea where it ended up, but I'm glad I chose, you know, where I did first start after I graduated. Well, I mean, you you are you have the gift of being one of those people that brings out the best in other people. That's that's so obvious to see. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, we're lucky to have you from that standpoint. But let, let's go back to the the uh, opportunities that a young person could have in dining services. You mentioned culinary school from uh, Kirkwood, uh, which has over the years built quite a reputation as being a high value degree from Kirkwood to the, the yeah. hotel and, you know, everything else out there. But, but what, what are some opportunities for, for first line employees or to, to join the team and what, what, where, where can this career take them? Um, really anywhere. Um, there, you know, a lot of our kids, whether they want to go to nursing, dining is a great way to start because then you understand the nutritional components when you do become a nurse. And, you know, when you start taking your classes, you'll realize there are, you know, nutritional classes that you might have to take and, you know, and then you get familiar with the diet. So it just makes you one step ahead of the game. Um, I've had team members go to phlebotomy or, you know, radiology. Really, you can go anywhere. Um our dietitians are the only ones that require an education. Right. Um, and, you know, those dietetic programs are everywhere. Um, Iowa State being the most popular one, you know, in the state of Iowa here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities. Like myself, I started as a cook, became a retail manager, um, worked for clinics doing patient satisfaction and provider retention for a while. Um, and then I came back and worked patient services side in dining um, for a few years. And now I'm up to a director role. So, I mean, you can move pretty much anywhere within healthcare, and then healthcare gives you those great opportunities to do that. Yeah, it, I had never thought of that, uh, but it does give you an opportunity to get in the door and see what direction you want to go in healthcare. 
You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can see, like you mentioned, phlebotomy, radiology. You can, yeah, I think they can get a, no pun intended, since we're talking about food, the taste of what uh, opportunities are in healthcare. My, my dad said, go in either to medicine or food because people will get sick and people have to eat. Yep. You know, so it's kind of the best of uh, two industries that come together with you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Hope, I started this podcast by describing your job as the number two hardest. And I'm going to make my house supervisor friends mad at me because <laughs> I, I've come to the conclusion after talking to you that your job is the hardest in the hospital. And they're now number two. And so I, I may get, we may get some hate mail, but that, that's okay. Bring uh, it on. <laughs> Hope, thank you for joining me today and sharing about a day in the life of dining services team members. Once again, this was Hope Clark, Director of Dining Services for St. Luke's Hospital. If you're interested in a career in dining services at St. Luke's, visit unipoint.org backslash careers. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.